Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Mana on the Rocks. We've been gone for a minute. I am the, the bald guy, Joe. Uh, joining me, my co-host, the not-so-bald guy, Atlas. Hello, everybody. This week, uh, we do a little bit of catching up. Uh, we talk about some of the things that have been happening. Uh, and then we, we dive into, well, we revisit uh, the topic of mid-range hell and the mid-range singularity as it consumes all of us. Uh, Atlas, what do these people need to consume in terms of announcements? Honestly, not much. I am thrilled to acknowledge that we have broken 100 subscribers Let's on go. the YouTube channel. So, yes, much thunderous applause. Um, really appreciate um, all of the listeners, all the people who've um, like subscribed to our channels and like like been so supportive. Uh, appreciate like our playgroup um, and like all of the people in our our like direct uh, local community as well for really pushing us and supporting us to get this off the ground and get it started. Um, that couldn't have done it without you folks. Um, and then of course uh, our lovely Patreons. Um, we're gonna give a shout out to. This week is going out to Max. Uh, thank you, Max, um, and of course all the other Patreons as well, um, because uh, we uh, we wouldn't have been able to get this far without you. Um, we don't have much to show for uh, the donations yet, but we are working on a couple of things, not least of which is um, some exciting gameplay video that we're hoping to release sometime soon. So keep your eyes peeled for that. We'll be posting links to that um, in our Discord. Uh, and then... Um, I think that's really it. There are, of course, no more tournaments for the rest of the year. It is it's it's off season seven. time. It's um, off season. Yeah, we're in off season. There's nothing for now. We're gonna pick back up with some stuff in January, I'm sure. Um, but I don't know what that is yet. And personally, I'm really looking forward to taking a little bit of a break, get experiment with some new decks, play just for fun, and uh, just enjoy jamming games over the holiday season. I would really hope that everyone else gets a chance to play Magic with uh, friends and family and everyone that they care about over the holidays. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, general ideas, we're going to try and get uh, the gameplay video out uh, before the end of the year. Uh, we're still working on some back-end stuff to really really tweak stuff up and get stuff going and off the ground. Uh, however, in the meantime, 100 subscribers, as we mentioned, kind of a huge milestone. I want to do a Q&A episode. How can you, how can you, uh, how can we A the, the Qs? Um, we're going to use the, uh, we're going to use the old Discord. Uh, we got a, we got a little community channel going on. We got a submission channel. So please, if you have some burning questions, some interesting inquiries uh to provide for us uh drop them there uh probably won't be next episode because we want to give some people uh some time to submit our submit the questions they got um probably like episode after uh episode after that maybe 36 maybe 37 depending on what the uh the input is uh but please ask us questions uh i would i would love to to answer them uh i would love to particularly answer these questions over a drink which you should come on down and get with us. And we're back. Hi, hi everybody. <laughs> we're we're back. Uh, unintentional Thanksgiving break uh, happened. Uh, if you were in the Discord, you would have gotten these updates. Link in the link in the doobly doo. Yeah, we we took a little bit of a break. Uh, Atlas, you had the uh, Pacific Northwest uh, Regional Championships. Yep. Yeah, that was that was fun. Yeah. Uh, and then the week after was uh, you needed recovery and the holidays were happening and we just we both basically just didn't speak to each other because we were so busy and tired. Yeah, life life gets away from you sometimes. Sometimes life finds a way and sometimes life gets away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which hey, if you're still listening, you're still here. Uh, I appreciate it, even though we took a bit of a two week break. I, I know like the algorithmic gods aren't particularly kind to taking breaks but uh i am i i i think we have an audience that's pretty understanding of it so far so i i appreciate everyone for well, that's the culture we want to build too is like one of like yeah we're here to like grind and play this game like at a really high level and competitively but we also want to make sure that like people understand it is a just like it is just a game like yeah you and even if it's even if it is a full-time job for you whatever you do like you still need to take time for yourself to keep yourself healthy both in body and mind oh yeah absolutely for sure i mean like one of the one of the things that we talked about kind of like early on was like hey this is like like yeah we're doing this um and we want to do it well but also like 
this is like just like a hobby to us like both the game and the podcast so like you know if we're if we're burnt and we don't want to like the moment we stop having fun is the moment like i want to stop doing this podcast and i have no intention of stopping doing this podcast or anything like this because i'm having i'm having too much fun thankfully we're still having fun um but yeah so um i haven't gotten a chance to talk to you how was how was the the regionals i've i've heard kind of whispers about it it was really fun um it was a two-day event i think we hit like 64 players or like just shy something along those lines Mm -hmm. um so it was truly one of the biggest events to be held in the pnw like ever um so right up there with like marchesa and like some of those other um those other events uh but it was it was really awesome we drew huge a huge crowd from all over the place um down to oregon um we had people from eastern washington we had people from all over it was really competitive there was a lot of like a lot of um like really high level play there was also like some people it was their first tournament but like as we've talked about before like some like you always have that just just happens and that just happens and those people tend to get like weeded out in the first round or two but it's um it was definitely like the caliber was just different, um, and I I, t- I talked to a bunch of like the people that we usually play with, and they were like, oh yeah, this tournament was really challenging for a variety of reasons, um, and so and so, but I, I enjoyed myself. I played with a bunch of really really good players, um, and had some really great experiences, um, and then uh, then there was a day two. Um, or we were able to play the top 16 and the top four matches. And that was also really fun. Just seeing everyone play those, like the same decks they were playing the, the day before, but 80 minutes Swiss rounds is very, very different than untimed direct eliminations. And so it's just no like time. That's super, insane. yeah. New, no time limit is just like, it's where it's at in my opinion. Like it just means that everyone gets to play at such a, a high, high level and make sure that there's like zero misplays. Mm-hmm. Anything that like, Sometimes you're not going to see the line, but like anything that you do wrong, that's truly a bad play. Like that's probably something that you just like got persuaded into doing or like somebody else just outplayed you. And I really, I really like that aspect of the game. Yeah, that's yeah. No, the, the no time limit is huge. I mean, like it, it's so hard to try and cram a game of CDH into like an hour and 15 minutes, an hour and a half. Like well, it's, and, it's and, so hard now 80 minutes right because with yep. the this was an eminence qualifier event for their nationals event next year uh and um the so the the people who placed and did well scored points towards um towards that that event uh that in, that invite um but because of that their their time standards is 80 minutes um which was an event type that i had not played before and honestly that it felt terrible I I really dislike 80 minutes no turns. Um, yeah, that's mm-hmm. effectively the same as 75 minutes no turns, which like by extension is effectively the same as like 60 minutes no turns. Like <laughs> it's just it just keeps going down and down and down. And um, I've said it as a joke before, uh, but like also there's a little bit of truth truth to it that it's it's just big turbo trying to like make fast decks the only things that people play to these events um for a variety of reasons but like a lot of it's just like for the sake of the tos and i think that like while we need to be grateful to t grateful to tos and judges and everyone for like giving their time right like some of it also is like they're choosing to do this they need to be ready to support like adequately competitive tournament environments which i'm not sure that as we keep going lower and lower in time is something that that is like really conducive to a truly competitive four-player environment yeah i was i was gonna ask you about the format because when i heard that it was gonna be 80 minutes no turn like turns i'm like that's the weirdest slice down the middle of everything you could possibly have and like yeah i i i agree with you on like it's fair to the tos it's fair it's fair to you know the judges and all that stuff and i think i think that should be done with some amount of consideration time but also like i think a large part of tournament organizing and tournament structure is making sure that everyone is like is is considering everyone. I, I I once heard it explained that good tournament organization. I might have said this before, and like uh, good tournament formats mean that you have to spend very very little focusing on things like the timing round, uh, turns, uh, points, these kinds of things, where you can just focus on the game at hand and you don't have to worry about everything else around and yeah i just 
yeah, no, it, 90 minutes and 80 minutes, like, the difference of 10 minutes is not huge. Especially when you get, like, down to that part of, like, oh, time is really, you know, ticking. Like, we're in the late game at this point. Turn, like, a single turn can take 10 minutes, and that's not, like, slow play. Yeah, I think all. it's, I think it's really just, it's really something that needs to be thought about more, because, um... Mm -hmm. when you yep. reach when you reach like you're saying when you reach that end game stage like even skilled players like we have to recognize it's not a 1v1 format like in 1v1 magic and i don't remember if we've talked about this on the podcast before or not but uh, i know we've had the discussion and so i'll reiterate it here in brief but uh, in 1v1 magic you're you've got 50 minutes on the clock for best two out of three games that kind of makes sense everyone and i at a competitive level everyone like understands how the game works you're playing the best you can you're playing efficiently you might spend a little bit of time in the tank just like making sure that like you're you're sussing out all the possibilities here you might spend some time like in a grindy like game two out of three or something like that um and then you zip through game three as fast as you can because you're trying to beat the timer right and this doesn't even have anything to do with turns we're not even going to get into that but so you're playing against this clock that's effectively an hour for two players which you can boil down to 30 minutes per player, which in theory, like that sounds, that makes sense, right? It seems pretty reasonable. Yep. Um, so it just, it really baffles me that we keep boiling a four player format down further and further from what is two hours, which I think everyone can agree that two hours is too long, even if you're playing no turns. Um, but you're boiling it down further and further from 90 minutes, which is the equivalent of three players down to like 80 minutes down to like, Eventually, I'm sure we're gonna start seeing tournaments that are gonna pop up. They're like, oh, 60, 65 minutes, no turns. And it's gonna be really, really silly because you're effectively having people, four players play 1v1 Magic when that's not the format that you're playing. You're, no, you're it playing really a multiplayer game. It's designed for four people. Everyone throws a fit when there are less than four people. Like you can't expect three or four people to play and the play the entire duration of a much more intricate game that requires aspects such as negotiating and like discussing threat assessments and making sure that people understand what is going on this way and this way and properly communicating a 17 spell stack that's taking place on someone's end step right before the turn passes mm -hmm. uh, yep. whether that's at time or not and you can't expect them to do all of that in 60 minutes which is just a two-player time period and so i think it's silly well, and like even even breaking down that like okay, you know thirty per uh, thirty minutes a player in one v one best of three. Ideally, that's going to be about ten minutes per player per game if we go to game three, and that's just such a standard that is like basically impossible to to hit in in CDH, especially with these kinds of time limits. Like I think ninety minutes no uh, ninety minutes no turns is probably like the most like the least amount of time that I'd be willing to negotiate down for. That 80, it... 80 was, it was playable, but in my opinion, it didn't feel good. Yeah, and that's, and that's it, the part I, always I think felt that rushed. sticks, right, is, again, I forget if we've mentioned this on the podcast or, not, or this was in the same conversation that we were both referencing, but, like, when you have a lower clock, you are very much incentivized to just hog all the time as much as possible, and what decks are really good at doing that? Adna is Breach decks, like the, the combo turbo piles. Or look like, at all these game actions that I'm taking, even though they really don't matter, or like, it, I technically exactly. need to go through these steps, but like, I can't shortcut them, or I don't want to shortcut them, mm -hmm. or this, that, or the other. And then, okay, so the flip side of that is, okay, well, why, why does that matter? Why, it... it the reason why it matters it is you can't have other forms of deck styles present. You can't have control present. You can't have mid-range present. You can't have tempo present. You know, all of these things that kind of make Magic a really good game really good is you have all these different strategies that one can employ and they can be effective. But if the natural limitations of the tournament that you're a part of are starting to skew one way or another, well, I mean, we're competitive players. We're just going to play the... The most optimal thing right is that like too no, far that, a, i mean that makes sense to me that's kind of the way i see it though one of the ways that i've started to look at the timer um is like i'm not i would i have not been the biggest fan of 90 minutes no turns in the past because i think turns are actually a really integral and like a, a very useful function to the to the game for a couple of reasons and it's a it's a carryover from 1v1 which is which is a given. And so compromises need to be made as we're playing a new format, right? Um, 
I, I think the term that I've, I've started to use is competitive integrity. Um, mm-hmm. I think that 75 minutes with turns um, and untimed rounds are the most, com- are the, the, those are the games that have the most competitive integrity. Mostly because um, 75 minutes, you're playing on a shorter clock, people have to do things faster. Um, but it means that just because someone, there is a, a like, huge stack just to stop somebody from winning and that itself that one stack takes up 20 minutes doesn't mean that you as the last player in turn order get absolutely hosed by the timer absolutely as long as you understand how turns are going to work you play smart you play effectively um you're going to get at least one last shot to try and win the game assuming nobody else wins here is your window yeah exactly and i've heard people complain about oh well nothing happens until turns and everyone just takes their waits until then to try anything and that's Sometimes true in certain yeah. games, sure. But I've also seen other games where people try and win like really, really fast, get stopped, and no one else can do anything until like that last little bit. Everyone's just trying to accumulate enough resources to get back into it. And or someone in fourth seat who in theory shouldn't have a chance to win like during timer and they don't because they're so busy stopping other people. You get to those turns and everyone's like, yeah, turn one, can't do anything. Turn two, can't do anything. Turn three, um, tries to do something. Everyone spends their last little interaction to stop someone from winning. And turn four goes, well, I'm going to tr- demonstrate my win. And this is now my reward for going last uh, and playing smart and keeping myself alive this long, which I think is honestly, that's a fine thing to do. It's just something that other players who are higher in that turn order have to wait. Is is it worth it for me to try and go for a win here? Or should I just bank up and stop the last person from winning? Um, yeah. And that's, yeah. that's like, it's all about decision making. And mm-hmm. in a competitive environment, we're trying to... In- incentivize and reward players for making correct decisions so i think that's really really good but what like i said recognizing that um compromises have to be made um for the sake of the sanity of tos and judges and whatnot i think 90 minutes no turns you get an extra 15 minutes so in theory as long as everyone's still playing on a reasonable pace you can hit a similar like a similar length of game because you can anticipate with four turns in a pool at, with four players, you can anticipate probably takes about 15 to 20 minutes um, to re- to resolve turns if a game is going that long before it draws. And I think that um, it's a very fair standard to add that 15 minutes and then just like just knock off the knock off after that last turn and that becomes your draw point. Um, and that just means it's a little bit like a little bit different way to play. No turns it does it can incentivize little bit of like scummy time hogging stuff um mm-hmm. not that it does mm-hmm. but it can once again eating the timer is super toxic for a competitive yeah. game and i think um, their angle shoots no matter like what yeah method and that's you want more or less what, I, what i've settled down to is like 90 minutes is still it still has competitive integrity i just don't see it as having as much as 75 minutes uh with turns um but i think it's also a really fair compromise because like i said for the sanity of like tos and judges and whatnot you have to give them Mm. they can't be there for 40 minutes while everyone tanks on this last turn uh and then the tournament goes two hours over what the judge was expecting because they have lives and they're humans too right oh yeah yeah i was i was gonna ask like okay so like there has to be like some sort of give and some sort of take so that would be like a fair compromise like we've talked about it before but like you know those two formats, 75 minutes and uh, with turns and 90 minutes without turns, like end up being the most fair. And when you think of the reason why turns exist in the first place, it's to guarantee an end of the game. Like, okay, it, I, I think I, I, I use the example of like, uh, like Smash, for example, where like if like there's a timer or whatever and like you go into sudden death, the screen starts literally shrinking into a window and the first person to make a mistake ends the game. Like, it's not fair, but the whole point of it is to put the end on the table. Like, this is it. Make yeah. your move now or forever hold your peace. bad decisions while rewarding exactly. good decisions. Exactly. Um, and, like, the whole the whole position and turns thing, like, I would argue that if you have a deck that is capable of delaying uh, the turns to your last turn, that can be just as beneficial to being the first in turns. It's, um, it's, it's kind of like in poker a little bit where like, if you are the last to act the table, you are operating with the most amount of information. That is your reward for being the last person in turn order. And if you're the first person to act, well, sometimes you just have a better idea or a better game plan than other people. Yeah. And so like, obviously, like you said, always angle shoots, but anyways, long, all of this to say that 80 minutes, 80 minutes no feels very bad, yeah. especially as a deck that plays slower. 
I hate getting punished by my opponent spending 15 minutes in the tank when I, the slow deck, is playing super efficiently. I'm resolving my my game actions in a time efficient, respectful to the to the clock manner, and my opponent over here goes underworld breach and then uh, like gets hosed and says, "Oh my god, I can still win!" and spends another 10 minutes trying to do something when we all know they can't do anything, and then we run out of time on a clock. Like mm -hmm. that feels terrible and it happens yeah. all the time <laughs> yeah well that's our that's our funny little tangent uh about uh time but apart from apart from that how was the rest of the tournament for you it was great it was great i had a fantastic time um my i think the only there was one feels bad match in round two of swiss where oh, yeah? a player like totally like just totally threw the game and they were they they're they are one of the players who is new to the the format, at least in the tournament aspect. Uh, so, like, obviously they're not a bad player. They they won a game to make it to round two, um, like, in, in that particular pod. But they did just, like, they had an option to march of Swirling Mist something. Uh, and, and instead they cast Pact of Negation that they definitely couldn't pay for and knew they couldn't pay uh -oh. for. Which, like, we've talked about pacting things when you can't, when you can't, Make sometimes it it's, sometimes it's strategic. Sometimes it's strategic, right? Like you can play for the draw by by suicide pacting. There were forty five minutes left on the clock. That was not gonna happen. Uh oh. Um, uh oh. Yeah, it was like turn four, and I and I had like thirteen mana on the board, and they cast a suicide pact on something that, to be fair, would have ended the game. Um, it was a uh, Seabor Muse in the ring, and if we had not answered the Seabor Muse, we would have lost upon the untap. Yep, that's um, uh, that's that's worthy no of uh, just tossing been, it out there. Yeah, and no one would have been able to win, like, at all, um, while uh, during that cycle. But uh, but it was just a very feels bad moment, which was unfortunate. Um, it felt bad for the table. Felt really bad for the person who had their stuff packeted. Um, it felt bad for Kinnon after like after the game. Uh, I I was talking them through it. I was like, you know, next time just like just phase the thing because it's their end step and they won't see it until their next turn anyways. It's effectively the same as what we were trying to do was remove the Seedborn Muse. Um, and it gives us a chance to react. So next time just do that and then you won't you won't pack yourself out of the game. Um, they're like, oh, okay. So it was a learning moment, um, but it did feel a little bad. But other than that, my other games were fantastic. Um, a lot of really, really good players. That's awesome. That's that's great to hear. Uh, do you want to deliver the news that I've, that I've been trying to tease out of you this entire time? <laughs> Oh, uh, th that I won. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. yes. I, did, I did. Joe, put in some clapping. Yes. Yes. Congratulations are in order. Thank you. I did manage to to take the title after a hefty four-hour top four match. Uh, Jesus, the top four match was four hours long. Yeah, and it was it, the competitive integrity of that game cannot be questioned. <laughs> I think I was able to tune in for like the last little bit, and I saw your board state, and I'm like. That is a Spellseeker, that is a Kitten, you have a lot of permanents on the board, a lot of lands, and you just put a you just put a non-creature on the stack. It's over. Well, it was so I, funny because, um, to to be honest with you, the entire game was run by Deafening Silence that landed on, like, turn four. Oh, yeah? And for most of that game, I was actually, not most, but, like, a large part of it, like, probably the first hour or so, I was running on three mana. I had three lands and a Deathrite Shaman that couldn't eat anything to make mana, so... It was a rough start, that's for sure. I was, I was really like feeling pretty, I was feeling pretty depressed at the beginning of that match. Very, very like just. I was, I did not have high hopes for the way that game was gonna go. And then, turns out Stunt Double's a really good card. I top decked it uh, a couple turns later. Uh, a Silvala got played, and I was able to end step that, so it had pseudo haste. So I was start to able to start tapping into start you mana. start going yeah yep, just start going we shut down a couple win attempts and then death right shaman was the mvp of that game killed three we players with that card <laughs> we all love our one mana planes we do what love our one mana planes locker all three of my opponents ate it to a death right shaman excellent excellent no uh congratulations dude that's that's massive that's huge i'm proud of you i you work your ass off for it <laughs> thank you that's yeah, what, yeah it's, it's, like it, straight up it was That's awesome. It was a, just a pleasure to be able to play at the play at the table with such such good players. Um, one of one of our other um, people from our local play group actually also fought his way up through a separate top sixteen match. Um, uh, give a shout out to our buddy Josh. Yeah, buddy. Um, That's our boy. 
yep, he fought his way up there and placed placed fourth. So that was that was super duper awesome. I'm very very proud of him. He put up a, a hell of a show with his his deck. Hell to the yeah. No, that's that's awesome. I I, I was checking the standings all day because I was I was stuck at work. Uh, but I was feverishly glued to it on my phone, and I kept refreshing every every round. Uh, and like people around me, uh, I, I was I was telling everybody at work, I'm like, yes, our boys are doing well. We got we got so many people in the top sixteen, and then the top four cut. I saw that. I told everybody, like, yo, half the top four is our boys. Let's go. Yeah. I was I I was cheering you guys on from the sidelines as much as possible. We definitely felt the energy, but I, yeah. I don't think it was it wasn't quite half. It was it was we had like about a, a quarter of the field. But, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. But also, I'm just I memory, but yeah. Just take the. I'll just take this moment too. I shouted out Josh because he's, he's he's our homie, but I wanted to um, also give a yell to um, Nicholas Hammond, um, also known as Joking One Hundred One. He's the original progenitor of Monarch. Um, he was in that event, that top four pod. Um, he threw up a fantastic game. Loved playing against him. He's such a simulating pilot to have to fight. Um, and then also Isaiah Monroe, who is piloting Blue Farm. Really, really just a pleasure to, to play against. I, he's from the Portland area. Fought him a couple of times. Um, very talented, very talented Magic player. So just a truly great game. Hell yeah. We love to hear it. No, I, I love hearing that the top four wasn't like a, uh, whoops, someone just slipped in a Thoracle, womp womp, uh, kind of game. Like it was a four hour, truly incredible game. Oh yeah, um, I mean, I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. No one was slipping a thoracle in that, in that first pod, or not that first pod, but in that last pod. I think me alone, I had like three pieces of counter magic in my in my keep, uh, <laughs> so it just wasn't gonna happen. <laughs> good, 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 good. Okay, well, we did have a topic we were gonna get to at some point, but we had we to did. get. Uh, I I needed to talk shop with Alice and and see what was going on. So you had brought up the idea of us wanting to revisit the concept of mid-range hell and the mid-range singularity. You have feelings about this. I want to hear said feelings about this. Yeah, so I think as we did that episode a couple, like, it wasn't very long. Yeah, very it was pretty, long it's a pretty recent. It's pretty recent. But, um, uh, I guess at the time of airing, it's been a number of weeks. Uh, but, yep. yeah. but, um, so we did that episode about how, like, everything's becoming mid-range. Everything is, like, um, like, gonna it's tuning in towards value 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 right um and it's it sparked um it sparked my attention i guess maybe these conversations were happening before but um it caused doing that episode and then watching like conversations conversations online and listening to people sparked um my my attention to pick up on these like bits and pieces where people are saying oh yeah the the format is so mid-rangey Let's like, let's like, obviously at this point, I don't see the ban list changing significantly anytime soon. No, God. No. Um, it's, it's in a pretty healthy space, all things considered. Um, and this is not a ban list episode, but starting this conversation was one of the things that really just piqued my interest was uh, people on the internet talking about, oh yeah, really wish Ristic Study and Mystic Remora would get banned because it would push mid range back so far and it was it was just one of those things where it's like i mean i guess but at the same time i'm just not sure like that's really like all that healthy for the format because if you get rid of stacks pieces like mystic remora and ristic study you get rid of a like a lot of like some of the best ways of combating these like super fast like like turbo windex right mm -hmm. like sure if you jam a, a win on turn one in first seat someone probably doesn't have a ristic study but they might have a mystic remora um, if they, if Good they went shot. before you, if, uh, but like resolving a Ristic study on like turn three or something like that, uh, means that the, the storm players probably not going to try for it into that. Um, and if they are, the chances they get stopped are very high and they'll probably lose the game. Mm -hmm. Um, so or they players have won't to find try a way. for it into that Ristic study. They will yep. fall back on their own grind plan, which is maybe feed you two cards as I tutor for and cast my own Ristic study. Mm -hmm. Um, and now you're stuck in this, like this war of the Ristic studies, which has, uh, it has a game theory that goes along with it. Um, if anyone's interested, you can look up Ristic, Ristic theory, uh, Ristic study theory for magic, the gathering. There's some videos and like articles and stuff on it, but it's, it was that that led into then I'm seeing all these people talk about other cards that have just become absolute staples of the format. 
um, that should be banned. Like Draneth Magistrate is a big one. And I think that the idea of banning Draneth Magistrate is so, such an awful idea at this point. Um, when the card was first printed, I was befuddled that it wasn't banned immediately. It was in Ikoria, same set as Lutri, which mm -hmm. got a day zero ban. It was banned before the card was even pre-release. Um, but Draneth Magistrate, which says you cannot cast your commander, the namesake of the format being commander, um, didn't receive that ban. And so that was just one of those things that just shook me to my core. But now having played with it since, Draneth answers so many things that have become so relevant to the format. Uh, Underworld Breach cannot go off through a Draneth Magistrate. Players with hyper-efficient commanders that provide insane advantage or win the game access, um, such as Godo or Timna or Krom or Tivit or something like that, they do not get to access their commander through a Draneth Magistrate, um, which provides like a really weird dynamic where it also punishes like lower tier decks that rely on their commander to provide some sort of advantage over um over other decks since their 99 might not be as good in three colors but their commander might be really strong right um and so it's uh it's just a really interesting conundrum right where where draneth is good because it answers these really high level things but it's bad because it also punishes these low level things which is like the worst spot you can be in but at the same point like I, I, at this point, I'm with, like, I am on that same boat of Draneth Magistrate is, like, should never be banned. Just because it is such an effective way to answer so many just oppressive strategies that come from the Command Zone or the Graveyard or Cast from Exile or something like that. And as Power Creep continues, we're just going to see more and more and more things like this. Um, I think uh, Soulless Jailer is a great example of a similar card. Um, Very that, similar card, yeah. Honestly, probably should have been printed first, and then Draneth would be the power cup version that could later be banned. But at the same time, um, it's it's one of those things where I, I don't like. Obviously, Jailer doesn't see enough play um, that it should ever be considered for a ban. But Draneth, like, also just answers so many important things. I don't think it should be banned. Um, and so it's just a lot of stuff like that. Um, and so that is sort of the revisiting this whole idea of like mid range hell. Like, should we be banning pieces for? Yeah, it's it's such an interesting thought experiment because I I see the reason for like wine mystic uh, like Ristic and Mystic and pointing at pointing the finger at them and saying these are critical problem cards. But my response to that is play Nature's Claim and pay the one or trade the Mystic Remora for like a naturalize effect. The answers are there. Like we you have the tools to fight them. You're just not allocating the room to fight those cards or you're trimming them in favor of like just a pure like creature removal spell or a a more flexible bounce spell which means that it has the potential of returning back but you can tempo it out or whatever and mystic remora and aristic study are so interesting insofar as they are just the they're they're one of the more powerful things to be doing in the format that that is half of the reason why you want to be in blue is to get access to those two cards specifically at, at least at least that's my view on it like it's 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 those two cards and it's counter spells is like the reason to play blue would you would you say that that is a fair assessment oh good, i think good. that's 100 correct i think just not even Aristic and mystic as much as just a draw power in general yeah, yeah it's um, the best draw power in the game those were the best draw power up until the ring got printed and now everyone has access to the best draw power in the game um we did it ladies and gentlemen another week we mentioned the one ring in our oh, true. For it. that's that's one for the that's one for the ticker i think we're at four episodes in a row now oh yeah uh, i haven't gone back to check uh but i it, it, all right that's it Starting every today, single episode baby every we're gonna, single we're episode. gonna start we're gonna start a a counter on the discord and starting yeah. from this episode this is mentioned number four four yep. weeks straight and we will we will count up from here uh, yeah um yeah no i i agree i agree though i in conversation about the ring aside the ring does something or mystic and mystic do something that the ring can't do which is provide a stop to certain types of play and lines of players where like yeah it's really hard to like do a breach line or do a storm line through it but if you have access to white your your out is essentially grand abolisher and that puts kind of that whole dynamic in a weird spot because you as a risk study player know okay so 
the I'll just pick a random deck for example the the Mardu deck the 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 Gymna player the Mad Mad Farm player for example they they are gonna have a very hard time winning through this Ristic study they need to specifically find like Grand Abolisher Silence Ranger Captain ish um to, before they even think about trying to win the game so long as this card is on the battlefield this card says you cannot do the storm thing um especially for decks like mardu for example that have to be able to chain together a lot of spells generally speaking sure they have like you know you have like dual caster twin flame dual caster saw in half those kinds of things but more often than not those decks are trying to ritual those cards out very rarely are they making land drop six and trying to do that they can do that but that's not like the ethos yeah, behind the deck. Yeah, the spell deck. chains are really what the colors do. Yeah, it's really trying to do that, and those cards are really, really good at stopping exactly that line of play. Same same idea with Dranth Magistrate. I I flip-flop between Dranth is fine, I hate Dranth, Dranth is fine, I hate Dranth. Currently, I'm on Dranth is fine. I will probably flip back at some point, at least temporarily. It's one of those things where... It is, it feels almost like a necessary evil at this point. Like, if we are allowing cards like Najila, Tibbet, Timna, Krom, like these incredibly powerful cards that we are just giving and into our starting cast. hands to cast, there needs to be some way of fighting that. And it's not a hard thing to fight. It dies to a lightning bolt. It dies to a doom blade. It dies to most good forms of spot removal. Tivid doesn't, but different story. Yeah, yeah, different story. But I again, like I'm I'm fine with those types of safety knobs, you know, existing in the format. Like no one's complaining about rest in peace. Half the half the decks in this in our side of the format want their graveyard at some point or oh, like yeah, use I their think... graveyard as a resource. No one's complaining about that being like ban worthy. You know, and I, I, I view it very much the same one card to play. Yeah. You granted, can find a deck that could. Woo. Yeah, no, like, granted, Rest in Peace is a little bit different. It's not asymmetrical. Um, but, like, that idea of, like, oh, this incredibly powerful hate piece, or I'm talking about Draft Magistrate, this incredibly powerful hate piece, I don't think it should exit the format. I think that will ultimately do far more damage than it being in the game is causing for those decks right now. At, at this point, it is, it, it's just a, it's, it's a part of deck building. What do I do when Dranth Magistrate hits battlefield? Does my deck fold the Dranth Magistrate hard? How many outs to Dranth Magistrate am I running? Are my outs flexible enough to hit other things that matter besides Dranth Magistrate? It's just, it is just a part of the format. And at this point, I don't think I want to see it leave. Because I think I fear the world without Dranth Magistrate, then I hate the world with it in. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 It's, 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 it's a part of the meta like any other card game meta that's ever existed in the time. There is a thing that is oppressive, quote-unquote, you have to account for this and play with that in mind and understand that that's a part of the game. You can hate that part of the game, and that's totally fine. But it, it does so much in terms of kind of safeguarding the format. It's a, it's, a, it's a knob on the safety on the safety wheels that we have, and we like the safety wheels here. Ristic and Mystic, though, I think take that to like an nth level degree because it stops players and also puts you very far ahead. Granted, you can pay through these things, and Mystic and More is yeah. only non-creatures, but... <laughs> We're casting yeah. a lot of really good non-creatures here, folks. It is, yeah, those two are a, a little bit different in terms of, like, they're directly advantaging you if people aren't playing mm -hmm. correctly. Well, even, even then, like... Sometimes they can't play correctly, right? Yeah. Sometimes you get stuck on one land, and you have to cast this, like, Mana Crypt or this Soul Ring or whatever, and you can't afford to pay because mm -hmm. um, it's turn five and you need to get back in the game. Um, which is unfortunate, but that also then like players a lot of times take that as their excuse. Oh, you didn't pay for it. I'm not paying for it. And that's where the, the things really that's start where to, it gets, like, that's, that's where, where it gets the bad. wheels come off the bus. Yeah. Because like, just cause one person didn't pay for it doesn't mean you don't get to not like, unless yeah. you're okay with just losing the game. And it's just something that players have to account for. I also wanted to go back to your point about like, uh, play the nature's claim, right? Like to some extent, like 
like the the gymna the mardu out is grand abolisher well i mean mm -hmm. yes they also have removal spells that can hit these absolutely march so, like, swirling mist or uh, march of uh, the oh, white march like, yeah, yeah. The white march um or like red blast or something mm -hmm. right so there are other outs um like you it is possible to like remove these things right and so but then once again that like sends us further into this like this cycle of mid-range where it's like all right something lands that i can't beat so i don't want to try and win because i'll lose so i gotta instead i gotta set myself up to accumulate enough value that i can beat it but then like once i start doing that like the games go longer and when the games go longer and there's not a lot of time on my clock <laughs> like it gets a lot a uh, big turbo man uh big turbo uh it gets a lot harder to to like achieve decisive results that have competitive integrity um unless someone is just going all right well uh you only have one mana or like you're tapped out because you just cast rhystic study all right let's balls to the wallet because i don't think this is gonna work out but fuck it it might um and then they eventually the person hits the force of will before they're able before the mardu players able or the to, endurance or, or yeah like or whatever, whatever. It is. they hit the they hit their free the cast spell assuming they're tapped out or somebody else has something to stop them um and uh you, but you've already fed the rhystic study five cards and so now you pass the other person's like well shit that person already has five cards they're winning on their turn i guess i better try and now they try and they get stopped and now it's plus 10 to that rhystic study and it's like people just need to learn how to play like responsibly and like it sounds like such a nag but also like being good at the game uh i can say explain responsibly um <laughs> oh yeah you, you, can, you can scoreboard literally anybody you can say whatever the hell you want no no no, 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 no i can't but like it, <laughs> but but uh but for real like some some to some degree being good at the game is like impulse control right mm -hmm. it's it's understanding like oh shit i really 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 want to try and do this thing right now but i understand that if i do this right now I will lose or uh, maybe not right now, but like I will take this game action. This thing will occur and I don't lose to that thing that occurring. Right. But I lose like two turns from now because that thing occurred. I set um, things in motion that cause my own demise. Exactly. So like, um, what is a really good example of this? Um, oh, uh, I will take, I will sample the top four game that, that I just had from regionals. Right. Ooh. Um, and this has had nothing to do this had nothing to do with like with a skill def at all it was literally bad rng because thrasios sometimes just hex you um so there was a thrasios violist that was being piloted by um nick and he just accidentally flipped holebreaker horror which is the card he'd been digging for all game but couldn't tutor for because there were two opposition agents that were in rotation um and he accidentally flips Holebreaker Horror uh, with a Thrasios activation at end step or whatever. There's a deafening silence in play, um, and he's at two life. And he uh, and I have a Deathrite Shaman, so I activate Deathrite Shaman to kill him. He flashes out the Holebreaker Horror because his out is to win over the top of this activation. Otherwise, he dies. Um, I have a hard cat, a mind break trap that he can counterspell because that's his one non-creature spell. But someone else, uh, Isaiah, has a counterspell to eat that counterspell with and defend the mind break trap. Jesus and because Christ. of that, he loses, right? Like, it, and it's not like, and we talked about it after the game too. It's like not one of those things that was like going to turn out any other way. As soon as he flipped that Holebreaker Horror, he lost the game. Yeah. Um, and there was nothing he could realistically like do about it, right? Because we all know if that card hits the field we lose the game um so we have to kill him first uh but also like like he knows that if he casts the whole breaker horror he dies and so mm -hmm. it's just one of those like really unfortunate like positioning things um based on turn order and like some other cards and sequences and stuff right but it was as soon as that whole breaker horror flipped he lost the game and that can happen with multitude of other conditions um that have nothing to do with being as cut and dry and frequently they do come down to skill diff um where like a player makes a bad game decision such as not paying for a rhystic study or casting like casting a spell into a rhystic study that they're that they plan on like paying for like they cast a grand demolisher into a rhystic study but we know they've tutored for breach um doesn't matter if you pay for rhystic study or not at that point because we're all not paying for any of our spells because we're gonna use all of our resources and save all of our mana to counter your grand abolisher so we can interact with your breach so that you get hosed by this rhystic study but in doing so we're feeding all of the cards to the rhystic study 
So mm-hmm. a better option to for you tale is as old to as just, time, huh? A tale as old as time. Yeah, right. The, yeah, so we're gonna feed the study so they get an answer. So also, like maybe don't cast the grand demolisher yeah, until the risky sweet. study leaves play, which means you have to grind more, which means the rounds are gonna go longer, and on and on and on and on and on. Um, and I think that truly, like we talked about mid range hell being all these value cards and like grind. Yeah, that's and that's where the value hell starts. Yeah, but I think, and it does, but I think this, like, this cycle right here is, like, if you want to play well, if you want to win, if you want to play correctly and not leave everything up to RNG, you need more time if you're playing these grindier decks, because you have to play around cards like Ristic Study, like Mystic Remora. Um, And if you're doing that, then you have to make sure that you have ways to beat them, which are in the deck, but you have to find those, which sometimes you can tutor for, but sometimes Mm -hmm. you need to grind extra cards to get to the tutor, uh, so that you can get to that card, so that you can remove that, and then you need to have protection for your removal, and blah, 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 blah. And of course, like, now we've played an entire game of Magic, but the that is what mid-range hell is, right? And people are using the control, the term control winter, um, but I think it's, it, to some degree, it's just like the format evolving, right? Like, people are just it's like... Just, it's just the next step. Yeah, they're just like, we have people who have, at this point, spent long enough playing the game, and developing theories around playing the game and how these different strategies work that not even control winter it's just that like these pieces that are good for control and good for grinding are getting printed um which of course makes turbo players a little sad and salty but um because they're because their strategies aren't getting support because if wizard prints really good turbo pieces now the um, control decks just play them well not even it's that sometimes. it's like the it's like if they print a really good turbo piece like it has to be in a set that's specifically not standard or pioneer legal or modern legal or anything like that because otherwise they're going to wreck their already tanked uh 60 card formats even worse um and they don't want to do that if they don't have to like not that they care It'll that mess much, up but the there's arena some sales no <laughs> yeah there's some consideration there though even if it's small and so like Cards like Rograk are obviously never going to be printed into a modern legal set because God, there would yeah. be so many things that go wrong, um, which means that we have to wait till Commander sets to get things like that. But in the meanwhile, all of these, um, all of these sixty-card sets um, that like obviously have Commander support, um, but like they're printing cards that are still good for like a one v one format. Where in theory, if you're trading one for one on these things, um, it's relatively fair, even though it's a strong card. But like. I'm, uh, it's way better in my control list than it is in your turbo list where uh, you, every single card has to say win the game or get to a card that wins me the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just one of those one of those rough spots um, where where like everything is snowballing into control just, just on like sheer card quantity at this point. There are just so many options. And that with theory development means that players are playing more responsibly in general as well as the fact that like if... A player doesn't play responsibly they get punished a lot harder for it um, by these control lists yeah that's a lot to unpack uh, <laughs> yeah it's a it's a it's a lot i i yeah it's a no, lot it, it of, is like, a lot just like and, thinking but yeah well, is mid-range just does it have to be the end-all be-all then at no, that point because it, it feels it feels almost like fight it or join it like a little bit at least the I, way that like, card design's been going right yeah so like so the way that card design has been going, they keep pushing more and more efficient, like, stacks-esque pieces, whether they're asymmetrical or not. Um, and that those cards, especially if they're asymmetrical, those cards slot really, really well into mid-range shells, which then um, blurs our very simple matrix that we're all accustomed to of, like, all right, stacks beats turbo, turbo beats mid-range, mid-range beats stacks, right? That's our, mm-hmm. that's our very simple, easy diagram. But when all of a sudden all the stacks pieces are so efficient and like so slanted towards advantage towards one side that all the mid-range decks are playing them, like stacks and mid-range have suddenly become this one singular blob, yep. which is just labeled control now. Um, and so it's now it's control and turbo, but turbo and turbo beats control, but also like turbo loses to control. So it's like you have this very like strange dichotomy where turbo can beat it, but turbo has to go so 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 fast that um, it's very unreasonable to to expect that style of consistency from the list, mm-hmm. especially when you have to mulligan down to like 
three to see a playable hand every time. You have to mulligan down to three. Your seat position matters. Like if some, if turn one, seat one goes Mystic or more, and you're playing like essentially like mono red sly, like you're not beating that. Yeah, or like you kept a hand that loses to a mental misstep, and there are three other players playing mental misstep. Mm -hmm. Like, like you're like, well, I guess I send it, and really hope nobody has that card. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like it's it, if you look at like balls to the wall fast as hell mono red aggro versus like like slow slow like blue white control like it's almost like a similar like mentality like in theory mono red aggro should beat it every time but sometimes blue white just has the pieces to stop the early pressure and turn the corner and you just get there at that point because your deck is just set up to do that like it's the same i at least see the same dynamic when i see that personally yeah, where, I like you see a... the like turbo versus like control like idea like it's just that's it's just it's just control versus aggro to me. Yeah, and it's a really good comparison. I think the only difference there is that like, there, are there are three other pillars players. to consider. Yeah, there are two other players here, right? So like, and even if they're not playing control, if they're playing any form of interaction, like obviously they don't want to lose just as bad as the control player doesn't want to lose to you, uh, you playing the aggro turbo deck, whatever. So like. So they're still going to spend their resources to stop you, even if they're also fast aggro decks. Mm -hmm. um, like, if if you go turn one, Thoracle Consult, and Brogsize sitting to your left hasn't hit a land drop and mold to four, but one of their cards is misstep, they're misstepping your consult every time. Every single time. Every without single a, Without time. a thought. Do you have more than, do you have at least three life? You're casting the misstep. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's every single time and that's what makes it really hard i think is that you're not only fighting because i think if it were 1v1 or like you were just had to worry about beating a control deck like at worst you'd multi like four and you'd wait for them to resolve their advantage in like a risk study or something like that and then that's when you'd go for it like risk study on the stack you'd go ad nauseum or like the they tapped out for study now i'm gonna cast an underworld breach and just go for it until i can hit my protection piece and like now it's at worst for me a 50 50. Yep. um but it's not just that there are so many other things to consider because it's multiplayer and that's what makes it such a rough world for turbo right now i think um is that it's it's like it's probably like 75 25 uh in favor of control decks versus turbo decks right now um at no statistics to back that up that's a very crude like ballpark from the way that i see the meta right now but yeah, I, 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 think I, I can't that, i can't i can't imagine playing turbo right now i just i i just can't well i mean our friend john does it like that's all he plays right and yep. he just gets hosed time after time so like kudos to him for the mental fortitude because i know i'd be so upset but um i just it just it's one of those things where like eventually the meta will shift something yep. will change whether that's wizards fucks up and prints a like super super nuts card for turbo that's that like control decks aren't playing because it doesn't do anything for them um which is gonna push turbo like back towards the forefront um or they're gonna stop printing these crazy crazy um asymmetrical stacks pieces advantage pieces la 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 and they're gonna start like or they're gonna start increasing the cost on them so they're not so aggressively costed it, they're going to start balancing things more, for lack of a better phrase. Um, something will change. Something, But something will change eventually, and the meta will shift. Um, mm -hmm. Though, like, it could take a while, and that's why we've ca been calling it the mid-range singularity for years, is because um, everything's heading there is eventually, right? Everything is at some point going to hit this, this, like, oh, look at this, Splinter Twin is... 15% of the meta type deal, even though scam is like 35, but, um, whatever, we're the, not, we're not talking whatever. about that. Uh, hey, buy the two pack, by the way, <laughs> the idea is like, everything's going to hit this point where that's, that is the only deck that's viable is some variety of like mid range or control or something. And I think there'll be a gradients within that, uh, whether they're faster yeah. mid range or slower mid range, but, um, and then but it'll basically just create like a new flow chart where it's like, ah, oh, you're playing a deck that tries to win by turn five, you're playing turbo. Um, <laughs> and then, oh, you're playing a deck that doesn't win until turn 12, you're playing stacks. Um, something that demonstrates a win on turns like eight and nine, that's mid range. Um, and it's just gonna like, it's just everyone changing, everyone's changing perceptions of that. Hey, and you don't maybe understand, I'm still... playing mid range, mid range. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and maybe there will still be certain like decks that 
that do try and skew to the super hyper fast end of things, like Rogsai or something. But they'll need more, as things get more and more mid-range grindy, those decks will need either much greater innovation or they will need um, new pieces to actually come out that can be like played with to advance the strategies of those decks. Yeah, I, I don't want every deck to be blue farm is the thing. I, I, I think Sam mentioned it when we brought him on and I, that thought has just been sitting with me. I'm like, yeah. I think that's I think that's ultimately where I rest. I don't want every deck to be here's fifteen here's fifteen value engines. You're gonna need to slow the game down to get these value engines out and resolve those. I, I, I like I like the mixed bag. I like the grab bag of it all. And like it's so it's so hard to pull yourself away from those cards. Like hey, resident mono not blue player here. Um it's really fucking rough uh to not play Ristic Study and Mystic Remora. Like holy shit, those cards are they just win you the game on their own, and you have to you have to you have to cope so hard to get even close to that. Oh my god, you have to cope so hard. Um, which is funny because I feel like my deck in particular, and like just my playstyle in general, I'm I'm pretty good about like respecting the risk and you know not feeding the fish when I can afford to not feed the fish. But I think I think that's ultimately more of a player thing, and like the deck helps out a little bit rather than oh this is the deck doing ninety percent of the work and me as a player doing like ten percent. Um, I can go on and on about that. Um, Ristic Study and Mystic Remora just go so unchecked. I guess the One Ring can be lumped into this category now, where they they're just allowed to live, and it's and it's and you introduce politics into it, where it's like, oh no, you don't want to kill this because this stops the the Storm Player, and sometimes that's true. Other times you just go, yeah, I have things to stop the Storm Player too. We don't. I don't need you to be drawing cards, and then get into the whole kerfuffle of it all but like i i as weird as it is as it sounds to say bowmasters just isn't the answer to ristic study and mystical mora they still draw the card they still do the thing like sure you get to pressure them and that matters sometimes but like that doesn't that doesn't fix the issue like drawing cards is powerful and when when we have a format where we're doing a lot of powerful things card draw being like basically the only untapped thing that's like not really being like punished is is or not being punished well enough if you ask me uh is it's it's a little it's a little interesting to kind of just like view hmm. that from like a from is a, like, that a whole breacher convert that i hear i i i i've said i've been on the whole breacher <laughs> uh i i don't think i'm all right with whole breacher specifically because it does the ristic study it's it's ristic study for ristic study you're converting resources and advancing it I, I have reached the 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 nirvana of card games as I as I'm now gonna call it. Uh where the best thing you can be doing in any given card game is something that stops your opponent and also benefits you. Like that's just like at a basic level. If you can be doing this consistently, you will win the game eventually. Whole Breaker is just the it's just it's just the same thing stopping the same thing. It doesn't. It doesn't fully put a stop to it. Like, sure, you don't get the card draws. You still get like, untapped uh, treasures. Like, no, 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 no. That card's fine. It should be unbanned. We want to see it. Fine. Everyone would love to play against. Whole I'm Breacher. fine with Hole Breacher being uh, unbanned if the if the treasures came in untapped. If there was some sort of safety valve on the card, or like, hell, like even just give me like a three mana flash creature that says your opponents can't draw more than one card a turn, or like they can't draw outside their natural draw. Like, just put that on a 3-2 creature. It's a 3-1, actually. It's called Spirit of the Labyrinth, but... <laughs> it's, it's, but, okay, differences are, you can pitch Hole Breacher to Force of Will, it's a 3-2, and it's in blue. I think I mentioned that again, but I said it differently because they mean different things. No, 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 no. I think it's fine. I'm sure no one has a problem with this card. I think it's actually such a silly ban. You know what? <laughs> you might be right on that one. You might no, be right on real, that No, but for real, like, I agree with you about punishing card draw, and I think, like, it's interesting because I've been seeing, like, the four-mana Shieldred pop up in more lists. Yeah, it's wild, isn't it? Reason. Because while one damage might not be enough to stop... Two damage study, matters a lot. Two damage tends to be enough to stop Ristic Study. Um, and, and Shieldred does deal two damage per card. And it's also pain in the ass to kill and a really good swinger yeah isn't it, it's like a it's like a four four right it's like a four, it's a four, four death five touch. it's a four five okay good With so it's got the best stat line in the game menace something like that oh i'm pulling this card it's up got a keyword. 
Yeah, I know it has a keyword on there. Um, okay, yeah, it's a it's a four mana four five with death touch on the body, and then whenever you draw a card, you gain two life. Whenever whenever an opponent draws a card, they lose two life. Jesus Christ, this card's eighty bucks. Yeah, because it's played in every format except I mean, for Commander, and just you wait. It's just it's gonna it's gonna start being played soon. It'll enough. soon be played in Commander. It'll okay. soon be, if not a staple, it will be a default consideration for any deck playing black. Just because it does answer Rhystic Study. Yeah. No, and the I, format I, is slow I, enough that it can you can do four mana for that. I were it's in you can dark ritual this out on turn two. It's it's double black pips, yeah, which is easy. like it's an easy it's an easy casting cost to to achieve. I mean like if we're tapping out for one ring, you can tap out for a shield red. Yeah. And like black the source, same black impact. Mana crypt. Yeah, no, like it's it's a totally reasonable, totally affordable game plan. Uh, that has impact like on on first go like you play this you drain the you drain the whole entire table for six but that is that is that is impact that that clears the smell test as far as i'm concerned for ceh like it does something on impact uh and it stops people so it just it has upside there yeah no i, I do like this card a lot i think it's very cool um but like it's again it does it does the bowmasters thing of like you still draw the card you still you still gain the resource like life isn't Life is a resource, but, like, it's not... A life is not a card, is what it comes down to. Yeah, the mid-range singularity is, uh... We're, we're definitely in the throes of it. Definitely, definitely in the throes of it. Because... And you, you factor in a lot of the other stuff, like, oh, you gotta be in colors, you gotta do this, that, and the other. And it's... It's really hard to not see everything pulled towards, like, a slice of blue farm, in a way. Where it's like, oh, this is... This is blue farm, but creatures or this is blue farm but i i don't know i you, you do something slightly different i guess but like you're still doing like the blue farm game plan of like i'm i'm playing an efficient win con i have value in the command zone and i it just run the best interaction the best in deck uh card draw engines and together they will form voltron and i will kill you <laughs> yeah that is that is more or less the blue farm game plan and it has splintered out to everywhere, which I guess makes sense when you have. I honestly, I'm not saying this is the cause of it. This is just where my train of thought is leading me. Um, where like people go, oh yeah, blue form's the best deck. Well, it's like, well, okay, how do we? How do we? You do you do the information dissemination game, where you 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 see the best thing that people are claiming to be the best thing, and you go, okay, what does? How does this deck make a tick? And where can we use this theory, this idea in other decks? And can can we crack other things? Can we take the lessons that we learn in this deck that has proven itself very very handily how can we how can we replicate that game plan in in other ways and the mid-range singularity spins and spins and spins and spins and i yeah short of printing different cards because that's like the only thing i can think of that doesn't break the current meta in its current standing i i don't see mid-range is here to stay far as far as i'm concerned which is I'm, i'm mixed about it I'm very mixed about it because I like mid-range. I like the, I like, I think the most interesting games of magic happen in kind of the mid-range space where neither player is fully dominating another player and the game is happening. There's interaction. There's back and forth. People are taking shots and receiving shots, you know, and I think mid-range allows for that. And I think it allows for a very big deal of skill expression, but at the same time, like, man, if every deck's doing that, then like... Uh, the the person that in me that goes variety is the spice of life just goes and i need i need something else here you know <laughs> yeah no i and i get that i think that um i think that those games are the most intriguing and i think that like the singularity will it'll break at some point it always well, does it'll, i was gonna say like it it might break at some point but it will if it keeps up the way it, that it's going it will tend to i think uh dull the appeal of the competitive scene for like viewers and new players and stuff oh absolutely which is absolutely really unfortunate because there's a lot that we can be doing in this game it's just like it's just a matter of like making sure that there's enough support for all sides of the equation because like you said we don't want one thing to be completely dominating another um you want you want to be in that space where you see oh wow this deck, this really cool deck just made like a top 16 or a top four or whatever. Um, and it's not just the standard Omnithos Oracle or Underworld Breach. Yeah. Like I, we're, we're speaking in general terms here. Like 
I do think we have moved past the point where, like, Thorkel kills every single table. Like, it happens a percentage of the time. It's a known thing, but much like Dranth Magistrate, where we talked about earlier, where you have to, like, it is a part of the format. You should expect it. You should respect it. Simple as that. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, expect it, respect it, and, like, understand that it's gonna happen, so you need some sort of game plan. You need some sort of way to fight against it. Uh, I, I, I recently recently retooled chainer and i put I, I have to put baleful mastery in there that's why out it's a thorical <laughs> you gonna try a thorical i'm gonna kill you <laughs> get out of here get <laughs> like, out of here get out of here and like it has flex like it, it checks all the marks like it it, it has it is in here kind of to stop this one specific thing but it also is flexible it does a lot of things it passes it passes kind of the, the removal test as it were um but like i don't think thorical needs to leave I'm fine with Thorical being a part of the game. Like it just means that there's just going to be another Thorical type beat on, on in the room. That's all it does is when when you when you decide, oh, we want to get rid of, or the conversation becomes, oh, we should get rid of, you know, the best thing to be doing in the format. Well, there's always going to be a best thing to do in the format. Like you keep doing that, we're going to be playing. I don't know. Um, just like basic lands and like one ones, I, I guess. <laughs> Like, like at a certain point, like True you just vanilla magic. Yeah, like at at a certain point, you'll just end up boiling down to to nothing, and it's just like, well, this isn't really what you want. It's fine. Like it's it's so telegraphed, it's so known at this point that like, it's it's whatever. And I mean, hell, I mean, the game we taught your finals game, Thorkel wasn't a consideration whatsoever. Everyone at that table understood Thorkel's possibility and realized. It's not going to happen early. It might happen at some point if the if the table swings that way. But like everyone is expecting and respecting it, so it's not going to happen. And with the flexibility of all the cards we get to play, it's very easy to just incidentally put those like things in there that just stop it. Same thing with breach. Same thing with everything else that's good in this format, and everything else that's good at stopping those good things in the format. This is this is what we call deck building. This is what we call consideration. Yep. <laughs> they, wow, we've really we've really given a comprehensive lecture on this subject we absolutely have and we here at man on the rocks really really value our ability to to talk about mid-range for like an hour straight <laughs> two hours now if we count the previous time we talked about it yeah it's so true all right well uh lecture is over um i expect uh chapters seven and eight to be read uh by the time uh we we meet next session uh, you'll find uh, your homework assignments on, I don't know, what's what's an academic website people use these days? I, I've been out of school for too long. Ooh, uh, ratemyprofessor.com. Yeah, uh, be sure to rate us on rateyourprofessor.com. Um, I, 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 I hold my entire pride and personality on that website, so it means a lot to me personally. I don't care about the job. Joe gets the chili. <laughs> Get the chili, that's right. All right, Atlas, closing remarks for the class. None at all. Thank you all so much for, for being with us uh, so far, and I think we'll catch you next time.